0: Yeah, look, it's a really good question because um, previously we have spoken about doing a RAP previously and there was a general consensus of um, that we're already doing a lot towards reconciliation. So, um, you know, it included in the RAP is actually an incredible kind of list of all the actions towards reconciliation that Fremantle has taken as a city since 19, the 1990s. And there was this sense that, did we need one? However... In the end, and I guess particularly with what happened um, with the changing, well, cancelling the fireworks for Australia Day and initiating one day, it kind of led us to say, um, you know, we're taking these actions, we care about these things, but we don't have a proper framework to be um, making these decisions and so on. And that maybe we need to do a wrap in order to create that that engagement process that helps guide us and has us do these actions in a collaborative way with both the Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal community.
1: Now you mentioned there the uh, counselling of the fireworks in Fremantle, and I guess many of our listeners would be aware of that. That in 2016, the council proposed to move the date of celebrating Australia Day, and uh, in, out of respect for the Aboriginal people, and of course there was the creation of the One Day event. I, I, I guess was was that a bit of a, a booster of morale for the council, considering how much support uh, you received o- over that, and particularly how much support One Day and the One Day of Festival received.
0: Um, yeah, look. I guess essentially when that first happened, it was more that there was a recognition that we felt uncomfortable celebrating on Australia Day in the way that we did. And there was an agreement that we didn't want to just keep doing that. So it wasn't so much initially about changing the date of Australia Day. It was just about sort of stopping and thinking about what we're doing and and wondering about doing something else. And yeah, the, the, the incredible support behind one day was really quite extraordinary. And I don't know if you're aware, but we actually won a national award from the federal minister for local government for one day um, for you know its contribution towards reconciliation just last month. So we've now been ironically um, you know awarded by the federal government who was so opposed to the change in the first place. <laughs>
1: it has a tendency of, of happening like that now the uh, the, uh, the rap has uh, a lot of uh, tangible actions that will hopefully be start to be implemented soon and I don't expect you to go through all 109 of them uh, but can, can you I guess you point out some of the significant ones uh, particularly around things such as sort of education and training uh, for both the you know city of Fremantle but also the broader community is, is that an integral component of this is actually just you know educating uh, people as to the the history, culture and language of uh, Wadjuk people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And look, um, Reconciliation Australia actually suggested that the City of Fremantle take on a stretch WRAP, which is actually designed in order to kind of stretch beyond business as usual. Um, It's for those kind of organisations that have already been quite active in the reconciliation space. And um, Reconciliation Australia sees them as potentially being leaders in in their community on these issues. So that's what a lot of our WRAP is actually doing. Um, it's about kind of pushing new boundaries and trying to bring others into the conversation and into the understanding so um the wrap includes uh sort of cultural awareness training for all members of the council as well as the staff within the organization and we've already undertaken that through a big portion of our um staff already who have found it to be, you know, really eye-opening and extraordinary kind of understanding and, and experience that has been really much appreciated by those who have done it. Um, we actually have in the wrap the opportunity, like the um, action to extend that to our business community as well as our, you know, broader community. So offering up some kind, the same kind of cultural awareness training for those who want to do that outside our organisation as well. Um, we've also got, I mean, we've obviously got the Wally um, Aboriginal Cultural Centre already in um, in play but re- really about building on that in terms of the kinds of programs that we um, run through there and other community services um, by the City of Frio that actually allow people to learn and understand more about Aboriginal culture and particularly Noongar culture. I just completed Noongar language classes at the meeting place last week um, which was you know really wonderful thing to be a part of and um, has been quite popular um, so it's about doing more of that. It's about making sure that that sort of stuff is available to our community members who are both Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal. Some of the other key action areas, and I guess where it's about leadership, is also around um, Aboriginal employment target. We already have one within our organisation that we are um, exceeding, but actually looking at how we can um, try and improve economic opportunity and employment opportunity for Aboriginal people in our community. And, and that's through an Aboriginal procurement um, policy, as well as, you know, doing some kind of um, programs with things like the Chamber of Commerce and so on to try and um, build opportunities, economic opportunities for Aboriginal people in our community, which is one thing that came up really strongly during the RAP process. Um, it was really about that kind of practical. Tangible, um, you know, contemporary assistance—not just about the the recognition and the cultural kind of stuff, but making lives um, of Aboriginal people in our community better now.
1: Certainly. Now it has been uh, two years since the uh, Uluru Declaration, Uluru Statement, and there was, a, a, I guess, a lot of momentum at the time around constitutional reform federally, and for I guess some sort of uh, beginning. Of uh, you know a, a significant step towards at least a, a treaty or, or or some sort of, sort of uh, sovereignty, and I was uh, quite uh, I guess um, excited to read that one of the um, the actions included in the RAP is to investigate a treaty with traditional custodians, and I feel like for many you know a lot of this stuff, uh, a lot of the reconciliation stuff outside of the tangible outcomes what we've been talking about around education, and employment, a lot of it can be often seen as sort of uh, more window dress rather than actually going through these sort of difficult steps, especially around issues such as treaty is, is that uh, can you tell us a bit more about that and and you know especially in terms of where the elders are sort of directing it how like what what would that potentially look like and and where does that come from this this idea of uh, investigating a treaty with traditional custodians
0: ah uh, look um the, the honest truth is is you know a lot of the themes around um, treaty were discussed in the discussions but nobody actually dared use the word and it was actually a conversation between Danny Ford who was one of the um, consultants who worked on the rap and facilitated the discussion um, a, a discussion that I had with him and and we started to talk about things like giving land back as well as the acknowledgement and so on and he goes well you know what that means that actually that's the that's the bits that
1: compose
0: a treaty it, you know they they have three Um, components to them, which is one is around recognition, one is around giving land back, and the other is, geez, I can't remember right now. But basically he said that um, if we actually are talking about potentially giving land back, then essentially we're talking about the components of a treaty and maybe we should include that. And and the group got really excited by that as well um, in terms of being able to think big, I guess, and and be working with a council who was interested in being bold and really trying to, you know, do the right thing that is actually around righting the wrongs of the past and creating opportunities for the future.
1: Definitely. And I and imagine, uh, you know, there might even be some people listening and others whenever it kind of gets to that point in any of these discussions. There's, you know, a, a lot of I guess, insecurity and a lot of fear from the non-Indigenous uh, population. There's this old sort of narrative or, you know, they're going to take our backyards and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, but, you know, and I imagine that, you know, any sort of uh, conversation or any investigation of a treaty or looking at, uh, you know, the distribution of land in, in Fremantle and so forth will involve a significant uh, community uh, consultation process. And this, and this And also, I imagine this is something you want the community to be involved with so that it's something they also own themselves as well
0: um yeah look absolutely we don't want to see it as a threat and that's very much why it's currently written in the um rap as you know being something that we want to investigate and um you'll actually note it there it's actually you know in collaboration with the city of perth because they have the same kind of issue has come up in their rap so it's actually about how you know there's lots of uncertainty about how we would actually go about it and um some, some councils and jurisdictions in other parts of Australia have started to do this sort of thing and we just realised that okay, there seems to be an opportunity here where we could go down this path, but we do need to explore it carefully and we do need to bring the community alongside with that conversation and, um, and I guess that, you know, I think, many people in our community would like to see, um, you know, the lives of Aboriginal people um, improved. And I think, you know, the fact that, you know, land assets and things like that, that, you know, many of us Wadula's take for granted thanks to, you know, um, intergenerational kind of passing on of, you know, wealth and opportunity that hasn't necessarily happened for some Aboriginal people. And and that if we can kind of... um, you know uh, do something towards fixing up that that imbalance that would definitely be a good step i think